Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. And welcome back to Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong, a podcast by Rotten Tomatoes. I'm your host, Mark Ellis, joined as always by, despite some of her wardrobe affiliations, I'm going to say very good company, (laughs) the owner of three pieces of bad company, the great classic rock band merch. (laughs) Jacqueline Coley is here. How are you? I'm so good. And I do love, I feel like we're in a 70s mood. This is right after, we're filming this right after the previous Last of Us episode in which Linda Ronstadt literally sang us (laughs) through tears. Through tears. I know we're doing a different one, but I guarantee you this time next year, we will be talking about The Last of Us in this exact same type of episode. Yeah, we got some fan favorite TV and movies to get to. The Golden Tomatoes, as we call them here at Rotten Tomatoes. You, the fans, determined the top five movies, top five TV shows that you saw in the past calendar year, that being 2022. And when you say it's a 70s vibe, I think fun. I think bright. I think roller skating. Roxy Stryer, a third of the world, girls creator of the empire, host of Live at the Roxy. She goes daily on YouTube. Are you wearing roller skates currently? How'd you know? You looked that under the table. would have been awesome. I'm just going to roll right out of here. When you say bright, do you mean my brain or my shirt? I mean both. Ooh, <laughs> good, good. I tried to match the, the brain to the shirt Despite today. Despite what I witnessed at the parking garage this morning, very intelligent young lady what here, happened? Roxy's drive. I'm just the worst driver. Is- I'm an oh. awful driver. I'm an awful parker. I, it's just, I don't know how to, I've taken all of the classes. I went to the schools. I, I can't get any better. This is how I determine if you had a good parking instructor, though, is if they make you parallel park. Did you have to parallel park? Yeah, I had to parallel park. That's uh, the easiest part of driving. Wow, okay. I'm really good at math and shapes. I'm really bad at speed and, and how heavy my foot is. <laughs> uh, you're better than me. I pretty much only drive here now consistently. Like, I don't, I don't like driving in this city. I honestly have developed, like, remember that lady in the beginning of Speed who was like, I can't do it. It's bad for my nerves. Oh, okay. So you're riding the bus. I mean, no, I'm taking the train or the person who lives in my house drives. You know, I can give you a ride if you want. I mean, no. Why don't I just give, why don't we just, why don't we carpool like normal adults that work at the same place? We should, but I don't want to ever be responsible for Mark's military time. Because let me tell you between this show, ladies and gentlemen, this one. This one is the is the one that's on time and everything. And I am a beautiful disaster most days. So I don't want to bring that to you. You were here early today. That was honestly because I'm shamed by how awful I am at driving here. I just I'm not because we started this podcast at home. 
And now we come into the office. I'm just not as good as this man. I will say, focus. It's a little easier to. It's a Ford Fusion. Jacqueline. Fusion. Excuse me. Excuse me. Try to dox him. Wow. Okay. If I'm on, well, it's not going to be much longer because they discontinued that. Now the lease is up. I got to pick something else. So there's a lot of options on the table. The lady to my right texts me which cars to not get. Yes, More I do. More on that on another episode of Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong. <laughs> For right now, I want to get into all the Golden Tomatoes because, boy, do we have some incredible movies and TV shows that won the Golden Tomato for 2022, but there might be some points of contention we have, I think particularly once we get to the television side of things. Yeah. Award shows for movies like the Oscars have sort of ratified that these movies that the fans voted on, they're pretty well thought of all yeah. around, but with the TV shows, oh boy, there's a whole lot to get into and a whole lot that we feel like maybe should have been on that top five. All that stuff and more coming up right now. But I do want to let you all know the fan favorite winners of the Golden Tomatoes for movies. It was RRR, the sensational, just pure energetic film that Roxy Stryer finally caught last night. Very excited to talk to you about that. 95% certified fresh on the tomato meter, 94% on the audience score. And for TV, here we go. Your TV series of the year, according to the fans that voted on the Golden Tomato Awards, Rotten Tomatoes Social is... Stranger Things if season you only four. McDewish God. <laughs> I was trying to give you underground music. I know what you were doing, but when I say Stranger Things season four, there's only one song I'm thinking of, and it oh, is not course. Kate Bush. This is true. I forgot who I'm talking about. You're the only one. Ugh. You are I mean, the only I mean, one. You know what? That's so Mark. Master and I, of puppets. Yeah. To the point now where when Metallica does live shows on the Jumbotrons that they have, they actually play the scene from Stranger Things. Oh, wow. The guy that played Eddie saw Metallica. They invited him backstage, gave him a guitar. 88% certified fresh for the season. Same with the audience. And Why so, are you going back to the score? You know you just want to keep telling that story. Do we feel like... <laughs> Mark's going to get tickets to see Metallica for yes. this year. I'm pretty sure I am. If you do, will you make a TikTok of it? That's like really like... I got to get more it. on the talk. Now yeah. I got my hour special coming out soon. So yeah. I want to see I want to see you do old man TikTok <sighs> with Metallica because this is the thing. The Kate Bush song, the Kate Bush song, like, let me be real. I liked that song. It was yeah. on my like hipster 80s mix, but it was not the thing that it was until TikTok made it. I have had full relationships with TikTok videos that have that underneath it. It's amazing. Are we just going to push by him calling it the talk? Or are you okay with that? We're just going to accept gotta that. Got to get on the talk. I am I am entering my rich, no? I'm entering my rich auntie phase. I am trying to bring him into his like uncle vibes phase. And he's just like trying to drag against it. But I'm trying to bring him into it. I'll get there. <laughs> I'll get there eventually with help from folks like you. And I know Roxy, very yeah. prolific on the TikTok. Yeah, you good. You just changed your ways. I got the, the TikTok. I got We're both words better. in there. I see it. There's the world girls have great, uh, have an amazing TikTok presence. I love when y'all do like trivia against each other. So oh. here's my question for you. All right. Don't worry. It's not trivia. I know how much you hate trivia. I really do. I clam up. My hands are sweating. <laughs> I'm just simply going to ask you about the two highlights here on the Golden Tomatoes. First movies. Are we all in agreement that RRR? I have no problem with that tomato meter whatsoever. 95% certified fresh. Maybe it's a little low. No, no. I would even say it's it's a little bit low. This movie is a phenomenon. You saw it on Netflix. Did you see it on Netflix as well? Yeah. Okay. So I've seen it on a screener, which is even worse than seeing it on Netflix. But apparently, and I do know this from the videos, it is one of the most electric live viewing experiences that you can ever go to. And to the publicist of RRR, I know you might see this. I'm sorry. I've tried to see this movie live five <laughs> times. And every time I've tried to see it, I've failed because it's sort of like going to Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like people dance at certain it's sections now. 
I'm just, I'm so, like, I love that this movie won, but I just, I want to see it live. You're very busy during this time of year. And yeah. we all pour one out for Jacqueline and all the cool things that she missed out Whatever. on because she was doing other cool things. Roxy, you just saw this movie last night. 95% sound about right. Yeah, I'm an uncultured swine. So I watched it with dubs, not <laughs> subs. And I just want to throw that out there because I know that that's not cool. But okay. I, I couldn't, there was so much going on that I couldn't keep up if I just had subs on the whole time. So I'm putting that out there. Judge me if you guys want. Other than that, I think I had a great viewing experience. No, it wasn't live, but I did dance along. So there it kind go. of made a live experience mm -hmm. for me. This was so good. Everybody kept saying it was going to be good. Uh, jokes on me because I thought there were going to be pirates in it. Legitimately thought that RRR was like. I mean, there's a lot of R's for there to not be pirates. <laughs> You're going to put so three many. in the title like that. I'm expecting at least a Captain Crunch appearance. Somebody who's dressed like a pirate. Oh, wow. There were so I many so tweets about it. Like, RRR, that I was like, R. And then when we started, and I, I thought maybe a pirate's going to fight a tiger. That's not what happened, but it was way better than that. It was just like my soap opera, but great performances, musical theater, loving soul, mixed with the action-packed, just goodness all around. I was kind of expecting to dislike this movie because it was so hyped. I think that this is like 100% on the tomato meter for me. I'd give that review of RR 100%. Yeah. Going in yeah. expecting maybe something a little different, but you got way more than you bargained Arr. for. And you were dancing in your place. <laughs> you dance? Well, also... Are you a pirate person? Kinda. Like the fact that that did not just kill your disappointment right there, because like I can think of a couple of does subjects. That have, does that have subtext to it? When you ask her if she's a pirate person, is that just like I like pirate movies or are we getting to a deeper layer here? I mean, that just depends on Roxy. I was going for the plain pirate. Uh-huh. But I assume that if anybody likes something fairly deeply, that can go a lot of ways. I will neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get her on one of our After Hours episodes. We really do. Explore this pirate fascination. I mean, honestly, that's what our After Hours show should be. Just tell us your movie king. <laughs> I, I would definitely be here for that. But anybody who says that pirates aren't hot is a liar, though. Come on. Aren't it's they? a pirate. Anyway, to your point, though, the tiger's on it with it. I'm glad that you weren't disappointed by it. What was your favorite sort of moment from it? Or when was the first moment when you're like, oh, not only is this good, but I'm like digging this? Because this movie kind of comes at you in waves. Yeah, it definitely does. Honestly, the first 40 minutes, I was sitting there kind of like, am I going to not like this movie? What's happening here? Once we get to not to not do, it's like game over. You know, mm. like you, you just see it, it's essentially a dance battle. And you're just watching it like, oh, my God, you guys are wiping the floor Lord. with them. It's just so, so good. And then from there, it's like nonstop. Yeah. And it's just fun and it's vibrant. And like, I sort of had the same thing with everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. It didn't take me 40 minutes, but like within 15 minutes in, I'm like, am I am I locked into this? And then you, you just get once you make that transition yeah. over and you just surrender yourself to the movie. I think RRR and Everything Everywhere all at once kind of on the same wavelength with that. Let's quickly hit on Stranger Things 4 before we turn yeah. it over to our buddy Tim Ryan. Roxy Stryer, 88% for Stranger Things 4. You watch more TV than anyone who, not only that I currently know, that I've ever met or ever heard of in my entire life, Stranger Things Season 4. I'm so single and alone every time <laughs> you say it out loud. Stranger Things Season 4 is super She hasn't solid. met the right pirate. <laughs> Taking applications. So, someday you'll meet your Captain Jack. Sneaking my DMs. Roxy. <laughs> By the way, we need to get like, I, I'm sorry, Brian, you need to put a timer on the like video of every time we say R in this one because it's coming. I it's know. Coming. I could feel it already. I think Stranger Things is an excellent show. I think that this show is 
known as an excellent show. It's not an underrated show by any means. Everybody who watches it is like, the show is bomb. Was it the greatest show of the year? It didn't make my top 10. So mm. an 88%, I actually think is fairly accurate. It might be a little high for it. And I don't want to sound like a hater because I do love this show. But I don't I don't think that it's it's the the aces of shows. Jack, and I like it at 88% just because it sort of got the sour taste of season three out of my mm. mouth. I was pretty bored with season two. And season three, it didn't really feel like much of a rebound. This one felt at least more like classic Stranger Things. Am I done with being in Hawkins? Probably. Yeah. If, I, if I'm one of those kids, I'm probably like, hey, mom, dad, we should move. Like, I there's mean, weird uh, stuff that happens here all the lot, time. I just want to go to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with you. Also, I will say this. I want to just add this one little bit about Stranger Things. I I appreciate the communal watching port part of like Stranger Things. Like sure. I was a kid that grew up with like must see TV and like Thursday night and then you come on Friday and you all are talking about for us it was Martin and Fresh Prince. For other people it was Friends and I don't know what the other show around that was, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> It was Friends Facts. and Seinfeld on NBC. I'm like, Thir yeah. you don't need to tell me. There were <laughs> the, the, the nights of TV were segregated, kids. Um, but <laughs> they were. They were. Facts. I didn't make the programming. I just watched. <laughs> but the Stranger Things has that. You can really have this sort of like, like I was saying with you, you know the songs, you know the cues, you know the, the things that everyone's making the memes out of now. And like, look, I heard the song Chrissy Wake Up before I watched it in the show. Does that mean it's like a different experience? Yes, because you know what is happening and you know it's coming. As soon as you know Chrissy and like what her and Eddie are, you know that it's going to be a thing. But I, I love that. So I actually like, I'll give it bonus points for that, which I think everyone who voted on here was. That being said, it doesn't crack my top 20. Yeah, well, once we get into what the top five of yeah. the Golden Tomatoes Awards were for movies and TV, I think that's where there's going to be a lot of Spirited debate. Maybe yeah. not necessarily between the three of us here at the table, but us <laughs> talking to you fans. So yeah. you're the voters. And by the way, you can go to RottenTomatoes.com for the entire list. Check out all the Golden Tomato Awards. There's some achievement awards that have been awarded to individual folks, too. Yep. So a lot of good stuff. I know uh, Michelle Yeoh on that list. Yep. Uh, Do you want uh, me to give it, my Kinta little, Brunson, a few others. You want to give me my editorial spiel? So we have our Rotten Tomatoes Golden Tomato Awards, which oh, was boy. our annual awards where we curate the best movies and television with a statistical fraction because this is based on reviews and our adjusted weighted score. Some of the winners this year were Quince Bronson as well as Abbott Elementary. Some individual honors also went to Colin Farrell and Jenna Ortega. That was it. Is it Jenny or Jenna? Jenna. Jenna, that's that right, yeah. So Jenna Ortega, she won for Wednesday for Golden Year. These are the people that had an incredible year all the way through. You know, Colin doing Batman, everything, everywhere, all at once. Sorry, Batman after Yang as well as the Banshees of Era Sheeran. Pretty good year. You know, I spent the first 15 minutes of this episode trying to get employee of the month. She just stole it right from I under my not. feet within 30 seconds with that brilliant, eloquent, not even rehearsed. It was just really lives in her good. Brain. I was looking like, are you, is this teleprompted right now? Where is no. she? Where are you coming from? She's just that good. Just in the brain. They shock us <laughs> and make us say it and say, argh. <laughs> Are we right about these movies and TV shows? We are going to turn it over to our buddy Tim Ryan, our expert review curation manager here at Rotten Tomatoes. He's going to tell us what the critics were saying about these fine shows and movies at the time of their release, which was, if you're keeping score at home, 2022. Take it away, Tim. Two minutes with Tim. All right, let's get right into it. Your fan favorite Golden Tomato Award winners are RRR and Stranger Things Season 4. Let's start with what the critics had to say about RRR. 
It's certified fresh at 95% on the tomato meter with 94 reviews, and it has a 94% audience score. So what did the critics have to say? In a fresh review, Devesh Sharma of Filmfare wrote, The film rests squarely on the shoulders of its two leads, and they've given their best to it. It's as close as you get to a Marvel film in terms of sheer visual delight. However, in a rotten review, Sebald Chatterjee of NDTV wrote that RRR rings hollow because it never pauses for breath and does not grant its two male protagonists anything akin to recognizable human qualities. The Rotten Tomatoes critics' consensus reads, Intoxicatingly over the top, RRR pulls out all the stops to make the absolute most of its 187-minute runtime. Now on to Stranger Things Season 4. It's certified fresh at 88% with 191 reviews, and it has an 88% audience score. And just as a side note, we covered the first three seasons of Stranger Things in an earlier episode of the podcast, so check that one out as well. But what did the critics have to say about Season 4? In a fresh review, Janine T. Abraham of Black Girl Nerds wrote, Stranger Things 4 is a binge-worthy blast from the past that is surprisingly relevant to our present reality. However, in a rotten review, Alan Steppenwell of Rolling Stone wrote, The whole experience felt like being forced to eat every menu item from the Cheesecake Factory over the course of a day. Lots of deliciousness, some things you never wanted, and the whole experience leaving you feeling nothing but bloated. The Rotten Tomatoes critic consensus reads, Darker and denser than its predecessors, Stranger Things' fourth chapter sets the stage for the show's final season in typically binge-worthy fashion. So those are your fan-favorite Golden Tomato Award winners. Back to you, folks. Oh, boy, what a conversation we just had. I mean, honestly, well, like... We I, appreciate you, Tim. Thank we you. We do. We were listening to you, Tim, but there was other things that were we being We were discussed. listening to him until <laughs> the incredible restaurant Cheesecake Factory hit the airwave. Okay, just quickly, favorite item. You get one menu item at Cheesecake Factory. For the rest of your days, what are you taking? The bread. That's wow. your item? Is there the free thing? I I feel very strongly about the Cheesecake Factory bread. Which yeah. rye? You get the rye? The rye. Yeah, That I is the rye. only bread that is at... They're not putting the other one in grocery stores. Y'all notice that, right? They're not bagging up the crappy, like, white bread that they put in Cheesecake Factory and selling that at grocery stores. It's only the rye. Okay, she goes rye, even though we would have given it to her for free with another dish. I don't care. That's the only... <laughs> if I went to Cheesecake Factory, I would not be disappointed if I didn't walk out with anything except for the bread. Like, I literally well, that's upset. the interesting thing about this restaurant. Nobody's picking cheesecake unless yeah. Roxy is. Absolutely not. You okay. know, I don't eat cheese. I'm not a big cheesecake guy. Sliders. Their sliders are bomb. Yeah. So good. Great proportions of bread to meat. Also, their pot stickers. I know I just cheated. I'm really sorry. Yeah. I'm I, I, going with the white bean chicken chili. Ooh. You and the person who lives in my house are similar. He goes for the shepherd's pie. Hey, tell that person that lives in your house. I said, hey. I will. I just annihilated both of your picks. I want you to know that neither of you guys did a good job on I that mean, assignment. I mean, I picked bread, so like the bar was hell. <laughs> yeah, <she's laughs> dipping the her bar bread in my was chili. pretty low for <laughs> you to pick bread. <laughs> if I had to pick an entree, okay, I will make it an even similar lame option. The Chinese chopped chicken salad, which is so neither good. Chinese nor really even good chopped chicken, but I like the sauce. It's The, the dressing is delicious. Yeah, so. Dressing's good. Too much lettuce, not enough meat for me. And with that, we transition into movie slash TV talk. But feel free to pepper in your restaurant picks at any time. Should another one come up, like in a show called The Bear? We're not there yet. <laughs> Where we are is I'm about to reveal the top five TV shows and movies, according to the fans who voted in the Golden Tomatoes. Before I get there, Roxy, 
I just have like a blanket question for you 2022 wise. What was your favorite movie? Let's start there. Favorite movie that came out in 2022. Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Yeah. Some people tell me my head's too big for my body and I just look at them and say, compared to what? Oh. That was good, right? That was amazing. That was very good. Awful at impressions. Much better than your Yoda. I'm so bad that I care so much about that movie that I've been looking in the mirror every day, like really trying. Trying. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I think that's what it is. Like these people that bust out these impressions. That's hours of them like working. I on know, that, you know what I mean. Look at as I know. <laughs> oh, I know it too. That's why I don't do them on stage. There's like two impressions I can get away with, and that's it. Oh, uh, well, I want to. What's know one of them? Yeah, well, I, I just like... I have Yoda coming out in the special, so you got to okay. wait. Got to wait a couple months for that. But for the fan favorite movies, here they are, as revealed by the Golden Tomatoes. Your top five: number one, as we talked about, RRR. Sadly, no pirates. Number two, sort of air pirates, Top Gun Maverick. Number three, everything, everywhere, all at once. It's like I'm reading the Oscar nominations for Best Picture. Number four, The Batman. And number five, Avatar, The Way of Water. So The Batman, the only one left off the Oscars Best Picture nomination list, yes. I believe. Did you? RRR. NRRR, yeah. Was not what? on there. It's no, just it was not, not to, not to. Yeah, yeah oh not my. to, not to. Is only not wrong. even for oh, okay. best foreign film. But I, I heard that they didn't put it up for consideration. I'm not sure. No, why. it wasn't the selection from India. So the politics about selecting best foreign film or English not in a second language is a lot. But basically, every individual nation usually has a film board that makes decisions, and those uh, okay. decisions might not be the most popular film. Like, for example, there have been popular films that, like, uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is a film that everyone knows, was not France's selection the year that it it um, got nominated for some things. And it was because of the the language. It was not in Hindu originally, so they didn't want to put it up for their number one nomination or something like that. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know the politics. Awards but. aren't everything. Citizen Kane lost to How Green Was My Valley. I mean, you know, Citizen I mean, Kane, still a little more viewed than How Green Was My Valley <laughs> since then. A so, pirate would know How Green Your Valley was. I <laughs> would. Those are your... They don't make it to the valley. <laughs> They're seafarers. So I Sorry. just gave you the top five. Again, RRR, Top Gun Maverick, Everything Everywhere, The Batman, Avatar, The Way of Water. Roxy, you got a big bone to pick with any of these films? Do you think the fans maybe missed one? What would you put in instead? I think that the fans did a good job on this one. I'm mostly saying that because I'm about to destroy them when we get to television, so I want them to feel good about themselves right now. Wow. Talk about the placation. Yeah. I dig it. I no, love she's that just for setting you. them up. She's I love setting that them up for, for failure. All of these are really good. I liked every single one of these movies. They don't have Marcel in there, so I can't trust them wholly and fully. Mm. But these are these are some pretty good and different picks. Top Gun is just like absolute genius to me. Mm. <laughs> so, That's your number one pick, you. right? Yes, it it's, is. So the, Mark's number one is on this list. Okay. Just for the football scene alone. Oh, <laughs> I loved that movie so much. It's just gold to me. So I think that they did a good job. And yeah, having everything everywhere all at once, at least we got an A24 movie in there. I'm a huge Batman girl myself. Avatar, if you're going to take 10 years to make a movie, it should probably be on a list like this. Yeah. And I just said how much I love RRR. So they did a decent job. Here. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously have Top Gun Maverick and I feel like everything everywhere all at once were my two favorites of the year, pretty much. So that I feel good about this list. I understand the Batman with the pedigree mm. of Gotham City and everybody loves a new iteration of Batman. And I thought it was a real left turn for DC. I don't know where it's going from here. There's even today we might get some <laughs> insight into yeah. what exactly the future of DC films holds. But I feel like this was a solid starting point for a Batman that could go in a number of different directions. But I'm also excited about where the Catwoman character goes from that film as well. So I think there's a lot of portals that we opened with Avatar. 
I really enjoyed it. I think it was an amazing theatrical experience. I saw it twice. Didn't have to pee the second time. Who's got a strong bladder? This How'd you guy, do that? You went like, right before? Like, like a, a forged in iron, this bladder. No, I did not have a bedpan. I stayed there and I felt good about it. The movie itself, I feel like was great. I actually feel like storytelling-wise was a step up from the first Avatar film. I'm not sure that I would put it in my top five above even something like Marcel the Shell with Shoes on, which I just love a good underdog story, both the movie itself and the character. So I have a little beef with the top five, but I'm not necessarily sending it back to the kitchen. Jacqueline okay. Coley, how are we feeling? I was looking to see if my top five matched with this at all. And the only one on my top five that's in here is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the only one in my top five. I was trying to remember Top Top Gun is not in my top five. That being said, I don't disagree with anything on this list for fan favorite movies. I'd have a hard time if I wanted to judge these as the best movies of the year. Like, I would. Like, to me, there's a, like a whole bunch of other films that were not maybe on this list that I think are really great that also have huge sort of like fans behind them. I would put Marcel the Shell with shoes on as one of those. <laughs> I would also put a film like Elvis in one of those. I'm not even talking about like, we're not saying that okay. Tar. I'm saying there's a, other films that have like huge fandoms and maybe their fandoms aren't as passionate because the one thing I will say is the nation of India, based on my mentions um, and just covering any Nali, sorry, any Kali or Bollywood films or any ba basically anything from India that is filmed on television. If I cover it, my mentions go insane. So I know that fans of this film really made this happen. And so that's why I'm like, this is the perfect thing for a fan favorite film, because it's a movie that feels like audiences were the only thing that they cared about more than anything else. And they also managed to make incredible cinema. Okay, I have, I have one hot take that I took mm. because I looked at my list for my best movies of 2022. And so as we look at the top five here, we start out with three like Tomato Meter, Certified Fresh, 90% and above. They're, they're getting into an Ivy League school. And that's <laughs> Everything Everywhere, Top Gun, Maverick, and RRR, right? Yeah. Then you have The Batman, which is 85%, solid. Avatar The Way of Water, 77%. I am going to take The Batman out. Mm. Upsetting a lot of people that love commenting. But in its place, I'm putting in another movie that has blockbuster franchise pedigree that had a resurgence in a different form that we thought, and that would be Prey, the movie oh, that sort yeah. of acts like a centuries-long prequel to Predator from 1987, and I thought it was so well done. I had no idea this thing was happening, and then it just landed on my TV. It was awesome. It is interesting that there's no horror movies in the fans. Barbarian's another one. Yeah. Yeah. For me, The Black Phone. Oh. Ooh, yeah. That movie really got me screaming. Mm -hmm. Really, really good. I, I, a movie that I would definitely put on here also is The Fablemans, but I understand kind of based on what you were just describing— it's not really like a fan favorite. Yeah. I just thought the movie was really good. This does speak to the fans. Ooh, can I, can I, uh, I'm going to do this. Come one. in, let's I'm gonna go. Do it. You get to close this out with one more slice of fried no, bread. No, but just with the Fablemans, I luckily, I'm a member of the Stupid Critics Group, which is silly on all things, but I got to sit with the Fablemans for a Ooh. table. And I'm going to tell you why though, is because they wow. put me, they put me near Seth Rogen. And I literally, I was like, uh, uh, I, I'm uh, not going to uh, lie to you. I probably elbowed half of the <laughs> Jewish people in the critics. So I was like, I want to talk to Seth Rogen because I just think he's the coolest in that movie. And I just really wanted to talk to him. But I, I literally, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, next. It's one of those ones where like, if you get invited to Black Panther, you need to be a black person. 
<laughs> oh, next thing I do for the Fablemans, I think like I need to bring you. Like, I am so happy to be your resident Jew. Like, please in, like, bring me in the best way possible. Like, 100%. I would hope that I would be the resident token person that somebody would bring if they got invited to Black Panther to make. Like, I I would do that for you, for, and I should have done that for knowing you. Knowing this politicking, this makes me feel even better about the amount of times Jacqueline's asked me to be her plus one this to party. Because I'm just like nothing, the white dude. You're no, there's no representation that you were bringing when yeah. I bring well, you. Well, Mark's it's half just white because I like and he's you. Half Caucasian, and together it makes just this wow. adorable white guy that's just going to be in the corner by himself drinking beers, not not hurting anybody. Yeah, but, but you the, like the rye bread, so that go, does give you a little spice. I'm the white yeah. bread, baby. Oh, you are the white. I'm bread. the white bread that Cheesecake Factory does not bother putting in grocery stores. <laughs> Ain't nobody buying this off the shelf at your local grocer. But my point to say that too, though, is I the best thing about the Fablemans is how many people who have spoken to me about how, in a lot of ways, it felt like black people when they were watching Black Panther, like it Completely. felt like their families, it felt like representation that they really couldn't touch in that way, like intimately, unless you were reading like some old school Neil Simon stuff. For sure. When I watched it, I was like, oh my God, this is so Jewish. And yeah. it was really exciting for me. And I, I watched it with somebody who was not Jewish and he was, uh, parts of it, he was a little confused. And I was like, that's because it's not for you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it's like, it's kind of a, anyway, so my whole point being is that this experience in that way, it's it's always fun to see it through that eyes. Him and Adam Sandler, I'm your plus one next time. I, I will be on this. I, don't, I will be on this. If there's a party for Hustle, the line starts right behind uh, me. Does. Because Hustle this is, this was another this movie in my top 10 so good. that I yeah. do, do feel like could have like had that fan favorite charm to get it. Maybe not to a top five, with the Golden Tomatoes, but in contention. So, and Adam Sandler, another wonderful job. I just, I thought that movie was such a great depiction of both what a basketball coach goes through. Yeah. And also what a stand-up comic goes through on the road. Yeah. It's great. Because he's in all these exotic countries. Oh, and he's just cranking the McDonald's and anything that feels like home because he's got a flight in three hours. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We are flying to the TV section here because Roxy Stryer could have a couple scalding hot takes for us. Here yeah. are your top five TV series of 2022, according to the fans that voted in the Golden Tomatoes. Number one is Stranger Things season four, as we already pointed out. Number two, Interview with the Vampires inaugural season. Number three, the first season of Wednesday. Number four, the final season of Better Call Saul. And at number five, it was the kickoff of the Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon. While Roxy's warming up in the bullpen, Jacqueline Coley, how do you feel about this list? Man, the best thing I can say is... <laughs> That's I love what that we're you, starting with. The best thing I can say <laughs> is there are passionate fandoms on television, and they showed up for this. Um, also, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. 
before she tears the list to shreds, because <laughs> I think no one is going to disagree with the last season of Better Call Saul. Nobody is going to disagree with that because Happy that have is it on the peak list. prestige television. We have not gone in this hard on Stranger Things. So I'm going to assume that the venom is going to rest in these other three in varying degrees. But the one thing I will say about Interview with the Vampire, because not everybody loved that show and I can hear their points of view. But for the thirsty girls and guys out there, that movie was representation that we need on television. That was the thirstiest toxic love affair. It is finally Louis and and just that entire dynamic between Louis and Lestat and Claudia just finally done. Like the bad couple that decides to have a baby to save their relationship. Every bit of that I loved for it. The Not rest- enough pirates for a thirsty love story, <laughs> if you ask me. Yeah, it's like the 1800. I guess this one's a little more modernized yes, than it's modernized Interview slightly. with the Vampire with Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. We have flashbacks. Yeah. We could have stuck a pirate in there somewhere. Hey, look, I'm all for pirates, and that's really the only chance you get other than House of the Dragon, which has some seafaring action from time to time. They start in New Orleans. Oh, and an eye patch, too. Yeah. That, well, that's in House of the Dragon. You, you, you take whatever you can get, I guess, with this list because it certainly didn't please me <laughs> in some of my favorite shows of the year, but I will defer to Roxy Stryer. Yeah. Where do you find the most ire with this top five? So I'm so sorry to everybody at home. I think you guys did a trash job on this. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't stand with you. There's some things I do stand with. Uh, you, you can't knock Better Call Saul. You can't knock Wednesday. You, I don't even knock House of the Dragon. I think it's great. But for Severance to not be on this list mm-hmm. is egregious. And the other thing that I think is like the greatest TV we've gotten since the rye bread, not the white bread at Cheesecake Factory <laughs> is the rehearsal. Mm. That You would think that would be like a fan favorite show. That show is so up the fans alley. It is so in- unbelievably cringe. Ozark had an unbelievable final season for I was that not to, to not be on Ozark, here. Uh, really surprising to me. There was just such great shows. I feel like these were the most popular shows. So it does make sense that people like this. But it is interesting to me all the time because I, I did watch, I think, 120 shows last year that came out in 2022. Mm-hmm. And the way that people talk about some of these shows, I'm like, I feel so pretentious and annoying. But I'm like, did you watch anything else on TV that wasn't popular? Because mm-hmm. like Rami, the greatest, nobody... I don't know people who are watching it. Atlanta not being on this list. Again, final season. Not only did it have a final season, it had two seasons this last year. So there was just so many other shows. Abbott Elementary. I think that that show deserves every single flower on the planet. This this list is just a little lackluster to me. Yeah, and it does feel like, again, you talk about the fandoms. If you don't think Interview with the Vampire has its own fandom, have you seen vampire shows and the yeah. legion of fans? Have you seen Twilight still? Like all the people just grew up loving vampires in the modern world. And then you have Wednesday, which is sort of like that, that, that goth spin, but also there's a lot of humor in Wednesday. I think there's much more nostalgia for those early 90s Adams Family movies, even more than the TV show from the 60s that people still tap into. And so I understand why all of these shows are on the list, but there's a reason why the bear is 100% on the tomato meter. I thought that show was phenomenal. And the best episode of TV I saw was one of the last episodes of Atlanta where they're spoofing basically Disney. And it was brilliant. Like I couldn't believe how brilliant it was. And it just kept getting smarter and funnier. And so I would sum for both of those as well. Which show would you take out and which show do you most want to put in here, Jacqueline? 
I think, I mean, there's a lot I'd take out. Sorry, I was not as big on Wednesday as other people. I thought it had vibes. I thought it was cool, but it was not my story. Uh, Better Call Saul, I will f- uh, fully admit, I've never started that show. So I've watched Breaking Bad all the way through, but I never watched Better Call Saul. I was, I was like you for a while where I was reluctant. Like I saw the first couple episodes and I was like, yeah, this is legit great. And it's like living up to the legacy of Breaking Bad. And then it just kind of fell off the train. Get back in there. Mine, Get back in there. I, I, this is the thing with mine is I watched Breaking Bad. I started the first season when they were doing the last mm-hmm. because I don't have the patience for that kind of show like that. Like it just it drives me a little bit insane or I didn't <laughs> at the time. I've developed this patience. Okay. Anyway, my whole point being is I waited. I want to wait till it's over now and I'll watch it all the way through. I would definitely take off Wednesday. I would definitely take off House of Dragon. Also, I, the best thing that came out of that show is, again, the TikTok about Spagliato. Um, I think it's coming. I think the show will be better maybe in its second season, but it wasn't there. I would add Severance. I think Atlanta is absolutely another show. Um, also, like, I'm just going to say it again. The Last of Us, it, It's I know it's not in the same timeline, and so therefore it's in this year, but I'm going to tell you this right now. This show in three episodes has been better than anything I have seen in probably the past three years. It is so good. So good. I'm super with you yeah. on that. It's, it's blown me away. Yeah. Like, I, I wish away. I could talk about another TV show right now because literally all I want to do is talk about The Last of Us. Yeah, it's really, really excellent. If that was a 2022 show, for sure. It would, would be, be on here. Yeah, it no wouldn't be on what. But the, everyone, like the bear, severance, all the things that we're saying, when I look at this, it's just like, I get why these might be more popular. Those shows... The shows we're talking about are a little harder to consume. They're a little harder to watch, even though The Bear is being nominated for comedy left and right, which Mm. is hysterical within itself. That's a tough show (laughs) to fit into one box because there are even people in my life that like I was because I was writing about the show to everyone. Right. And I was looking for the best Italian beef sandwich in Southern California. (laughs) I found a few really good ones. Really? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, right up. in Louis down. It's right next to the Hermosa Beach uh, Comedy and Magic Club. It's a pizza place, but they have this Italian beef sandwich that I they, they feed you. Deli- Hermosa Comedy and Magic Club, best comedy club food I've ever had. I still pick up the Italian beef sandwich. Wow, right next Hot door. Tip. Oh, nice. it's good stuff. Yeah. All right. So, but when you recommend the bear to people, you have to be careful. You have to know what they've been through in their lives because, like, I'm raving about this, and I'm like, oh yeah, uh, there's some really heavy stuff in there too. Yeah. It's not all just funny, Richie. You know, but I just feel like everything that show did. Another show that I was surprised to see not on this list in the top five was season three of The Boys, because yeah. I feel like that has. We're talking about fandoms. I feel like a lot of folks, even if they're not understanding everything that the boys is doing, it's so good. And this season just kept one upping itself from the previous episode. So every season of the boys, I'm like, I cannot wait for the next for the next episode, for the next season to hit. I'm curious about this with the boys because the boys was always a big satire and like storm tro- starship troopers level subversion of like, you know, corporatism and all of that kind of stuff. I feel they went heavier this past season yeah. than they have in other years. And I think it was something where it's like, oh, we lured you in by just thinking this was all rad and like, you know, whatever it is. And now they've gotten heavier. It's harder maybe for the fandom to just be abashedly like, this is kick ass. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it got more serious this time. Yeah. But where are you on Barry? Because I know you have affinity for the star of Barry. But how is season (laughs) three compared to the first two for you? So this is the thing I would say about Barry. It's hard. You should have picked an easier show. I can't watch Barry with that kind of object. Like, where is this going? Is this good or this bad? Because any show where Bill Hader is writing, directing and starring 
is a meal that I will eat under any circumstance and enjoy. Right. I like, follow you on Twitter, so I'm yeah, very like, familiar like, there's with no, your there's no, There's <laughs> no way that there's nothing about his that I liked. Would I say that season three was the best, this last season, sorry, was the best version of that show? No, of course not. However, I know that I can see the seeds that he is planting to wrap this show up in probably a five or six season arc that is setting up for a, like it's setting up for a Walter White level. Like this is going to be a very complete story of this character and you're going to feel satisfied by the end of it. And so I'm more excited about that and I'm less interested in like, oh, was this season my favorite season? Because I know these are middle innings. I love Barry. I'm with you completely, but it has lost all comedy vibes. Like it's yeah. just not a comedy anymore. I can't watch it and laugh. You're watching it like actually cringing and crying under the covers. Yeah. Probably the craziest part about these, these picks though, as we were talking a little bit more, I'm thinking about the fact that there's no Star Wars show on yeah, here, no or. DC show on here, no Marvel show on here. Great point. Yeah. You talk about and fandoms, yeah. No, not even the boys. So we're really missing the superhero Star Wars, that entire thing. The closest thing probably being House of the Dragon, I guess, to having that big fandom behind it. But that's fascinating that of all the fandoms that Andor's not here. Yeah, and, Peacemaker. And split, Lord yes. of the Rings, too. That That's what I feel like. I feel like the vote got split yes. in the same way that you'll see a presidential race and it sort of fractures a party and it hurts that party overall because you had some people vote for Andor. Maybe some people were like, no, I'm more of an Obi-Wan person. Yep. Or Mandalorian, whatever the season two might yes. have been this year, Book of Boba Fett. Okay, so who's Bernie? Who's Elizabeth? Who's Biden? <laughs> I mean, it's, Break it's, it down. I mean, this is the kicker, but that's the thing. Within these fandoms, these very big fandoms, they're now gearing content very specifically. Like, you can look at a show like Obi-Wan and be like, okay, this is for the, you know, I Me, call it lightsaber fans. You know, you know <laughs> 70s Skywalker folks. And you look at Andor, it's like, these for the folks that maybe just only watched the animated shows and have no attachment to the earlier years and they just really want to see new exciting stories. And so, yeah, I could totally see somebody who loved Andor is a Star Wars fan who would never even consider voting for like Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, but you would think that one of them would have edged through here. Fair. Especially those Andor fans. I feel like they are Die hard. I liked Andor. But aren't they quiet? I feel like Andor is still the show that could. Like, it's a show that's definitely gaining in popularity and the Emmys are helping. But it is not. Like, this show has been... Like, they're not live episodes now for, what, two months it's been off of live episodes? Something like that. And they're just now getting people to talk about it post um, the nominations that it just got. Yeah, I, I just think Andor is the more adult Star Wars where it's not as kid-friendly, it's not as cuddly. And so Andor is kind of the same thing as The Bear, where it's like you want to rush out and recommend it to everybody, but actually know who you're talking to. Yep. Yeah, like, I'm not throwing my, my niece and my nephews into Andor just yet. I might show them Obi-Wan. There's some scary parts, but, like, Andor, you're going to have to—I want you to understand the— <laughs> the geopolitical things about exactly. Earth before we get to the galaxy far, far away. But a lot of wonderful TV, as there is every year. And Roxy Stryer is our special guest today. She saw literally all of it. So before we wrap things up here in our movie slash TV talk, we're talking about awards and it's the season of giving. Jacqueline, your take on the Oscar nominations that came out, if you're able to frame it into just a more concise <laughs> one or two pieces of rye bread take because I know there's so many people that have so many feelings pro and con about the nominations that we got whether it's best picture one of the acting categories yeah and then Roxy I'd love your take as well if anything stood out to you about the Oscar nominations like what was sort of the biggest takeaway for you 
Okay, I'm going to give you my favorite nomination um, of the day mm -hmm. because there were a ton of nominations that a lot of people <laughs> like talked about. Uh, but my favorite nomination of the day is actually Ryan Johnson getting a second Oscar nomination for Best Original Screenplay for Glass Onion. And the reason why I say this is because Speaking of Star Wars fans, after The Last Jedi, if you talk to Ryan, like, you know, he lost that triple Star Wars series. Um, it was before he did Knives Out. I mean, if you talk about somebody at that point in his career, just looking on the Internet, you would definitely think one way or the other. And since then, he's directed and stars in two Oscar-nominated screenplays that earn a ton of money, although one of them is a streaming title and the other one was in the box office. And he does this new show with Natasha Leone, which is dope. Poker Face. I watched the first two episodes so last good. night. So good. So good. And I like literally kind of want to give You're a thank really you. You're really good at watching TV. I'm yeah. excellent at it. It's Man, so my good. only skill. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of want to thank them because I'm really excited to sort of see what he is going to be able to do uh, with this new freedom because he's going to be able to just create whatever stories he wants to create. And it kind of shows that it doesn't matter the medium. It doesn't matter whether it's Star Wars or a detective story or this really like A-lister action film because this guy did Looper. I, I'm getting more excited for where these directors are going to go now that they've become more established. It's an aspiring story for anybody who, and it's also a good lesson for anybody who wants to write something original is get off your phone and get onto your laptop or whatever. You, yeah. and don't use Wi-Fi at the coffee shop because <laughs> he basically got so crushed for The Last Jedi, unjustly in my opinion, that he took the entire summer off of social media. He's like, yeah. I'm just going to write this fun murder mystery. And that's how we got Knives Out. Then that's how we have this franchise. Um, the Oscar nominations were released, I guess, as of this recording last week. Roxy Stark, did you have a huge takeaway that was either, oh, I'm glad this movie got recognition or this person, or was there a snub that you're just like, what What are we doing here? Yeah, Marcel should have been nominated in Best Picture for sure. You want to know why I smile? Because it's worth it. I go with that. <laughs> it's getting worse. It's getting worse. No, I think that the uh, obviously a lot of people were really surprised about Viola Davis and um, Andrea Riceboro and, the, mm -hmm. and who was nominated and who was not. I was shocked that James Cameron was not nominated. I feel like you spend 10 years on something yeah. and the movie gets nominated mm. and you are the movie. He's the whole movie. I mean, he's top, middle, and end. He Not only is he this movie, he's the next 10 years of these movies. So it's not even that I thought that he that the movie should be nominated or shouldn't. It's just if you're going to nominate the movie and not nominate him, that was it was kind of strange. I think, I don't know this for sure, but just, again, I know more people in that branch than I have previously. And, like, just based on what I would think, it's the same thing that happened with Lord of the Rings. When that came out, you don't honor him on the first endeavor. It's kind of the Achilles heel in the sense that he said he's making three. They're going to wait. Yeah, they're going to oh, wait. Oh, then it becomes that Lifetime it's, Achievement Award yeah, sort of it's thing. It's the same yeah. reason why Denny didn't get it on Dune Part 1. It's going to be the compilation between the two. And that's always the way they think about it. And I don't know why that is, but it is. When they know that there's more multiple parts, even if the first one is brilliant, you kind of have to stick the ending. Because they don't want to give best picture to something that's the start or like best director to something that's the start of something awful. Yeah, I don't think he should have won. But a nomination, it's also weird. We all know how life works. You don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> you can't I just don't be like, in years, we'll nominate you. Hope it works out. Yeah. I don't disagree with you, girl. But historically, like you can see it. It happened with The Lord of the Rings, with all of the nominations. No, that you're they, right. I mean, like it literally, they take it seriously towards the end. And, you know, Avatar's still getting some run in best picture as yeah. the Top Gun 
Maverick. I'm not I'm not going to be one of these folks that thinks Top Gun Maverick deserved a nomination in every category, although it's a great movie. <laughs> so I'm not going to cry about the cinematography. There's a lot of Welsh, beautifully looking movies yeah. in 2022. What I will say is I posted something that made the rounds on social media the morning of the Oscars, and I'll reiterate it here. If you're not going to nominate Jackass Forever for Best Picture, let Jackass Forever, the entire cast, host the Oscars. Yeah. You want ratings? You want more eyeballs on the ceremony? Have Jackass read throughout the three-hour event. You're going to double your ratings this year if Absolutely. that were to happen. Do you think there's any possibility? No. Okay. No, but, <laughs> but they, they could show it should. up. They, sh they could show up. They could do a skit. I could totally see them having a skit. By the way, that was my favorite movie of 2022 was Jackass. It was your Rare. number one? It was my number one without question. Not just because of like the movie itself, which I think is brilliant. Like these are men <laughs> who made their entire career off of getting hit in the nuts and being inappropriate. And they still found a way to be inclusive and like turn the page and become like a modern day thing. And somehow I look at them getting hit in the nuts and think to myself, Wow, you're really doing it. You know what I like, mean? It's impressive. You're going for it. <laughs> like, and so the fact that I love the um the idea of what Jackass did in the sense that they got older and they passed the torch and they still managed to elevate it. But also it was just an incredible viewing situation because it didn't matter if it was like Gen X, like little kids who like maybe only know Steve-O from his podcast to like people like myself who remember guys like being jackasses in their backyard, all in a communal setting, living for the moment. Don't try it at home, kids, but that entire film franchise, I believe every movie in Jackass in the lineage is fresh on the yeah. tomato meter. And so there's a lot of freshness there, but it's hard to it's hard to argue with the fan favorites for both movies of 2022. The Golden Tomato goes to RRR and for TV series Stranger Things season four, maybe a bogeyed the last hole. Big rebound birdie there for Stranger Things. So we transition to a thank you and a good night here. Roxy Stryer, it is always a delight having you in studio. We kind of just did the World Girls hat trick because yeah, we I had Stessa Braun last week. We had Doreen Ariano on talking about movies and now you're here blessing us with both movie and TV talk. We hinted at you already seen some Poker Face, which we also agree Dig. that we like, and The Last of Us. What's the streaming show that you think everybody needs to catch on to that we could see win a Golden Tomato this coming year? Paul T. Goldman. Have you guys heard of this show? This is wild. No. If you, it's the director worked on Nathan for You and Borat, so it's kind of mixing reality yeah. with scripted. It is a... About, I, I want to say it's about a con artist. I won't explain any more than that. This show is wild and people aren't talking about it unless you watch 50 episodes of TV a week like <laughs> I do. Really, really up, good. Girl. Yeah. Uh, you can follow her on all social media at Roxy Stryer and check out all the endeavors that the world girls do. They don't quite get into jackass territory, but they've been known to try some physical, uh, shall we say, hurdles from time to time. We eat bugs and stuff. We're a little jackass-like. We eat like. bugs and stuff? God, I want that to be my Well, one of them fainted totally. at... Uh, who fainted at... Uh, two of us. Two of them fainted at uh, Magic Mountain. Yeah. What? Making was, a movie. It was hot that day. We, made, we eat bugs and stuff. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, we that do. Is a, that we is a, wax. We bugs. We do no, all the things. That is, like, awesome. Like, legitimately nothing. Like, we're the world girls. We eat bugs and stuff. Like, make it on a shirt, girl. Now you're getting it. <laughs> Now Put it on a t-shirt. They do a calendar every year. Next year's calendar, probably going to be them eating a different sort of exotic uh, insect. That, honestly, grasshoppers, not bad. Crickets, okay. kind of delicious. You dip them Dunge in crickets. chocolate. Dunge crickets. No. Maybe you can get through it. Don't be a wimp about it. That is Roxy Stryer. Give her <laughs> and all of her cool things that she's doing, whether it's on TV, online, 
radio, all that good stuff in between. And check out the World Girls podcast, Bitch Out of Water, where they talk about some more serious issues. She's just doing a lot of great stuff, and it's an honor to call her a friend and a parking mate downstairs in P3. <laughs> Sorry. We are Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. Make sure you email us. Let us know what movies and TV shows you want us to cover on an upcoming episode. RT is wrong at RottenTomatoes.com. That's also where you go is our website, RottenTomatoes.com, for all the Golden Tomato stuff. Jacqueline Coley, we like when the kids rate, review, subscribe, whatever your platform of choice encourages you to do, go ahead and do that. For your friends here at Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. Next week, we're getting back into a single movie that some people feel has been unjustly maligned on the tomato meter. What are we talking about? Breaking out of the cell. <laughs> about the one woman, the one woman army herself. Listen, we're going to talk J-Lo, and it's not going to be about Benifer, but it's not going to be far from that time. It's not going to be not not about Benifer. It's not, not going to be not about Benifer, exactly. Am I talking about that giant snake movie, too? Some <laughs> Selena? It's going to be a whole lot of J-Lo talk with the cell. That is Jacqueline Cole. You can find her at that Jacqueline. I am at Mark Ellis Live. Upcoming tour dates at MarkEllis.Live. For the whole team here at Rotten Tomatoes, thanks for tuning in to Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong, and we'll see you next week. 